You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, featuring the top interviews from this past week's show with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn. Welcome to This Week on NFL No Huddle as we take you back through the week that was on our show. In this episode, Cordell and I chat with former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfeld. Peter King of the MMQB and former NFL running back Justin Forsett. But let's start the show with Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Now, it's time for NFL Network reporter Ian Rappaport. It's the rap sheet on the NFL on TuneIn. Ian, thanks for taking the time. If Jerry Richardson has agreed to give up day-to-day control of the Panthers and plans on selling the team at the end of the season, why do you think the league investigation into Richardson continues? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. You know, first of all, it's the precedent. Um, it's the, you know, do we stop an investigation that we already announced we're doing just because an owner says he's selling? I mean, I think there, you know, certainly some who think they could, but you know, the the things allegedly still happen. The allegations are still there, and I think there's a lot probably to to figure out. You know, what if there are other people who are like that? That would be one one question. Um, you know, did this? Are there people in the organization who were treated in a way that they aren't happy with that want to talk to the NFL? Um, you know, th- those sorts of things. And um, the other part of it is, you know, obviously he's a trustworthy guy. He's an NFL owner. He says he's going to sell the team, uh, but he may not. And so let's say he decides, you know what, I'm just going to keep the team. Then the league will have wasted a lot of time, you know, to uh, between investigation and non-investigation. So, um, you know, I I think uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to continue this. I think the league will. Ian, the most dangerous team going into the postseason is not getting enough conversation, probably because their quarterback, and that's Jacksonville. Their defense is phenomenal. Uh, the running game is second to none. The play of Blake Bortles over the last three weeks, 71% passing, putting up seven touchdowns, no INTs. If he can continue that trend, how dangerous could that team be in a team be, be in, in the postseason? Well, I mean, they're, they're a viable postseason team if he's an average, regular, just completely fine quarterback. He's been, I mean, really, if he doesn't turn the ball over and he manages to get the handoff, you know, to get the ball from the center to Leonard Fournette, really they're a pretty good team. If he's going to play better than that, then they're very dangerous because, you know, look, their defense is great. I mean, really, really, really great. Um, but they're going to need someone to make a play. They're going to, at some point, the, the opponent's going to go down and score a touchdown, and they're going to need Bortles to lead them back. If he's capable of doing that, it changes everything because then they, you know, no longer go from being a team that's kind of happy to be in the playoffs they go from a team. They go to a team that can actually win a game or two or more because their defense is so good that they can ruin anything you want to do offensively. So they definitely got a shot. Taking you around the league with Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Ian, what can you tell us about the likelihood of Bruce Arians deciding he wants to continue as head coach of the Cardinals, come back next year because he's denied reports a month ago that he could be retiring. Well, it's an open question right now. Uh, I, I know that, and you know, look, it, it's gonna ha- you're gonna get an answer. You probably get an answer the final week of the season. Uh, we don't know. We don't know if he's coming back or not. I mean, I think the Cardinals are preparing if he is or not. Um, they'll be ready regardless. Uh, I certainly know people close to him who think he's going to retire. Uh, a lot of those same people thought so last year. You know, and so that's I think that's one of the tough things is. We've been through this before. We went through this exact same thing last year when everyone thought he was gone. Everyone prepared for him to retire, and he just didn't. Um, 
He may not this year too, and uh, but I think we'll probably find out pretty quickly. Marvin Lewis has done, a, I would say, a, a very good job uh, with that football team, considering how that organization was going back to when I was there in 1995. Uh, it was, it just, it just wasn't a good look as far as an organization is concerned in the National Football League. But he's turned it around. Give me your take. Right. Do you think he becomes a head coach uh, after this season, or does he go back to being an assistant, like a defensive coordinator or a linebackers coach, something to that extent? I'll choose option C. Uh, I think there's a pretty good chance he goes into personnel in the front office. You know, he's, I mean, I think he'll have a couple options. You know, NFL office would be one option. He's on the competition committee. Certainly working for the league office would be something that would make sense for him. Um, and uh, that would be one. And, you know, I think being in personnel is something that he would really like. Um, I talked about it last weekend. So um, I think that's probably a better option. I don't think he's going to go be a coordinator anywhere. Uh, as far as being a head coach, certainly possible. Uh, but I would probably not characterize that as likely. Ian, let's wrap it up in New England with this curious story. Do you know why Tom Brady's longtime trainer and business associate Alex Guerrero is no longer allowed to be on the Patriots' sideline or travel on the team plane? I think a better question is why was it allowed to begin with? Uh, I I don't know any other instance where a player's personal trainer slash friend is allowed any of those things. You know, he has an office in Gillette, which is certainly surprising. Um you know, he is allowed, was allowed on team plays. He was allowed in the locker room. That, those are the kind of privileges that are not allowed from anyone. Uh, so I was surprised at this whole thing. And, uh, you know, the fact that it's sort of back to normal and he's being treated like everyone else's personal trainer uh, is not, uh, you know, it, to me it just basically brings it back to the status quo. And, of course, I can understand why a team would want to side with their own medical people, their own trainers. That's why they have them. They're there to work with their players. Um, So it's kind of an odd situation, but I really think it's going to be fine. Ian, great information as always. Look forward to chatting with you on Sunday when we get to NFL First and Goal on TuneIn Premium. Thanks, Ian. All right. Thanks, guys. You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, and we'll be back with another great interview right after this. Hey guys, you're listening to Dumb People Town on TuneIn. And since we're new here, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about our show. We have dumb ears on the ground. Our fans send in stories that have happened, real stories that have happened. And along with our co-host, we Dan, try to break down that material with Dan Van Dan Kirk. Van Kirk, our co-host, breaks it down. And then us and a guest, we and a guest break it all down. And we try and make it funny for you. It is a fast hour and you will enjoy it. It's a riff it fast. Silly. You can hear episodes of our show uh, a full week early right here on TuneIn. Listen to TuneIn on your time with TuneIn On Demand. Jumping on a flight or planning a long road trip? Download episodes of your favorite podcasts or audiobooks. And enjoy hours of great audio content no matter where you are. When you're ready to escape, head to your favorites, hit play, and listen. With or without a Wi-Fi connection. Featuring top podcasts and audiobooks in every genre, save your data with TuneIn On Demand. Download your favorites today. Catch all new episodes of some of your favorite podcasts early with TuneIn First Play. With more than 30 First Play podcasts on TuneIn, you can listen to new episodes from some of your favorite shows before they're available anywhere else. Hey there, it's Mike Rowe. This is The Way I Heard It, the only podcast for the curious mind with a short attention span. We're at episode number 83, incredibly. I'm Jack Hitt. And I'm Chinjirai Kumanyika. This is Uncivil. So we ransack America's history and discover that the past is never really past. 
from the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. And beaming out across all of space and time, this is Star Talk, where science and pop culture collide. Search First Play Podcasts and listen early, listen often, and listen today. This is Jay Connor. And this is Alex Hardy. And we're the co-hosts of The Extraordinary Negroes. Each week we talk about relevant issues within our community. Stuff like entrepreneurship, parenthood, mental health. And the latest shenanigans. With some of your favorite media personalities. But we make it a point to infuse humor. And colorful language. In order to make these often heavy subjects as relatable as possible. Because who says you can't be informative and entertaining? So check us out every week here on TuneIn. For your weekly dose of humor, insight, and colorful language. The 11th Hour with Brian Williams. Tomorrow's headlines before they go to print. I've just been handed some great reporting. Tomorrow's questions before anyone's asked them. Could you make an obstruction case? Tomorrow's conversation tonight. Who is there to stand up to the boss and speak truth to power? Not a single person. The 11th Hour with Brian Williams. More than the day that was, it's the day that will be. Weeknights at 11 Eastern on MSNBC. Welcome back to This Week on NFL No Huddle. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We continue on This Week on NFL No Huddle, focusing on top stories across the league with Peter King of the MMQB. Now, it's time for 2010 National Sports Writer of the Year, Peter King, from MMQB on the NFL on TuneIn. Peter, always a pleasure. We were just talking about Dirk Cutter's situation in Tampa Bay. How much job security do you think he has? Not a lot. Which I think, uh, look, at some point the Bucks have to get off the Jimmy Haslam bandwagon. I mean, Greg Schiano, two years. Lovey Smith, two years. Dirk Cutter, maybe two years. Look, pick a coach, stick with him through some of the hard times, and get going. I mean, you know, I, I always say this about the AFC East, okay? Since Bill Belichick was hired by Robert Kraft in New England, the other three teams in the AFC East, have had 24 head coaches, 24. And everybody in Atlanta is laughing at Tampa. Everybody in, uh, in, 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 in uh, New Orleans with Sean Payton, you know, there since 2006, they're laughing. Ron Rivera, I mean, he's like, uh, he's like a 30-year coach compared to Tampa. And all I'm saying is that every time you start over, What that means is this coach says, well, I want to get my guys in here. Getting your guys in there means that the teaching is going to be different. It means that, you know, hey, look, you got got somebody right in with you right now, Cordell, who can tell you absolutely unequivocally the benefit of having three coaches, head coaches in half a century in Pittsburgh. And the benefit basically is that you go six and ten one year, and everybody in that locker room is going to know that, hey, listen, you know, they're not just going to get rid of this guy because we're having a rocky time. So we better get on the boat and, and, uh, and we all better or, uh, you know, uh, paddle in the right direction. I mean, the key word for that one is stability. And, and that's why that organization, I think, will be one of the most successful ones in the history of the National Football League over time. But there's a coach there in, in Tampa. I think they got ran out of town pretty fast here in Atlanta. That was pretty successful. And, of course, when Danny Quinn comes in and takes him to a Super Bowl, it kind of shuts that conversation down. But Mike Smith, the defensive coordinator there in Tampa, give me your take on his opportunity of maybe having that chance to fill that seat. 
very well respected. And in fact, um, you know, there's a lot of thought in New York when, um, you know, when, uh, uh, when they got rid of Tom Coughlin, that Mike Smith was going to be a, a rock solid candidate and might have gotten the job uh, with the Giants. So, Cordell, there's n- there's no question whatsoever that Mike Smith is going to get a multiple uh, feelers, if not multiple significant interviews in this postseason. Because I do, I, I do think he's a guy. Chatting with Peter King of the MMQB. Peter, what do you make of the Panthers' situation on Friday? We had the initial report of an internal investigation of their owner, Jerry Richardson, by Sunday night, the announcement he was selling the team. That moved pretty rapidly. Unbelievable how fast it moved. Uh, I I think what happened is this is Jerry Richardson saying that, look, uh, I probably did some things I shouldn't have done. I want to – I'm 81 years old. I want to go away. I'm going to make sure that me and my partners sell this franchise to two owners who are going to keep it in Charlotte. And, uh, you know, basically I'm, I'm walking away. And I think he did in light of everything going on. I think he did the dignified thing. Give me your, give me your take on coach Marvin Lewis. I know he hasn't won a playoff game, but he's a good coach. Uh, do you see him being a head coach or more of a assistant coach, like a defensive coordinator? It's, you know, Cordell, somebody once told me about, you know, when we were, when I was talking to him about, you know, uh, about a coach or about their new head coach, he made this comment, this offhanded comment. He goes, you know, I hate to think about this, but you do not want to lose the press conference. And his point was, you don't want to have negativity attached when you hire a coach in, you know, your local fans, your local media, all that stuff. And look, I've been around Marvin Lewis a lot. I have tremendous respect for him. It's hard to coach in Cincinnati. And I know he didn't win a playoff game, but the fact that this guy's four games over 500 in the city of in Cincinnati, which is a very difficult place to coach compared to a lot of other spots, the fact that he's four over 500 over 15 years, is a really good accomplishment. But you stand him up in whatever, New York with the Giants or Indianapolis or where, wherever there's an opening, just envision what the reaction would be to hiring a coach who had 16 and 15 years with the Cincinnati Bengals and never won a playoff game. And I just think that the reaction to that would be, you've got to be kidding me. Finally, Peter, let's wrap it up in Houston. What are you hearing about Bill O'Brien? I think that's it's very, very fluid. I don't think it's finished. I don't think that Bill O'Brien absolutely is gone, but I do think that things are going to have to change there, uh, you know, for him to continue. I think he doesn't want to sign. This is what I hear that he doesn't really want to sign an extension unless there's some changes made in the front office. I think he wants to have a little bit more authority over the roster, especially over some of the offensive personnel. Um, and, and look, Rick Smith is a highly respected general manager. Rick Smith is the one who stood on the table and basically said, we're taking Deshaun Watson. And, and I saw Rick Smith recently, and I said, man, you know, you can be a GM for a long time, but at the end of the day, they're going to put on your gravestone this guy picked Deshaun Watson when everybody else was kind of down <laughs> on him. 
And, I mean, how great a pick is that going to turn out? I I know he only started six games this year, but, you know, that's going to be a tremendous achievement uh, for, for long into the future. But I, I think it's probably most likely that, that, they, uh, that the Texans and, uh, and O'Brien get a divorce, but it's absolutely not a done deal yet. Peter, as always, we appreciate the great insights. Enjoy your week. We'll chat with you Sunday on NFL First and Goal. Sounds great. Thank you. You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, and we'll be back with another great interview right after this. Long count, Matthews got it, wants to throw, looks right, comes middle, throws, it is caught. Take five, take two, take one, to the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! Hi Lions fans, it's me, Tori Petrie. Hey, it's me, Lomas Brown here. We're the hosts of the Tori and Lomas podcast right here on TuneIn. found the angle to the house and the Lions are right back in it. Tune in on Wednesdays as we break down the Lions' last game and preview the game coming up. We'll see you there. This is Jay Connor. And this is Alex Hardy. And we're the co-hosts of The Extraordinary Negroes. Each week we talk about relevant issues within our community. Stuff like entrepreneurship, parenthood, mental health. And the latest shenanigans. With some of your favorite media personalities. But we make it a point to infuse humor. And colorful language. In order to make these often heavy subjects as relatable as possible. Because who says you can't be informative and entertaining? So check us out every week here on TuneIn. For your weekly dose of humor, insight, and colorful language. The 11th Hour with Brian Williams. Tomorrow's headlines before they go to print. I've just been handed some great reporting. Tomorrow's questions before anyone's asked them. Could you make an obstruction case? Tomorrow's conversation tonight. Who is there to stand up to the boss and speak truth to power? Not a single person. The 11th Hour with Brian Williams. More than the day that was, it's the day that will be. Weeknights at 11 Eastern on MSNBC. Hey guys, you're listening to Dumb People Town on TuneIn. And since we're new here, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about our show. We have dumb ears on the ground. Our fans send in stories that have happened, real stories that have happened. And along with our co-host, we Dan, try to break down that material with Dan Van Dan Kirk. Van Kirk, our co-host, breaks it down. And then us and a guest, we and a guest break it all down. And we try and make it funny for you. It is a fast hour and you will enjoy it. It's a riff fast. Silly. You can hear episodes of our show uh, a full week early right here on TuneIn. Listen to TuneIn on your time with TuneIn On Demand. Jumping on a flight or planning a long road trip? Download episodes of your favorite podcasts or audiobooks. And enjoy hours of great audio content no matter where you are. When you're ready to escape, head to your favorites, hit play, and listen. With or without a Wi-Fi connection. Featuring top podcasts and audiobooks in every genre, save your data with TuneIn On Demand. Download your favorites today. To solve a crime, you need to go to the crime scene. So, in my podcast, Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, I team up with writers and actors to recreate the circumstances around cold cases and try to solve real crimes. Every Tuesday, we delve into true and real cold cases, like the Black Dahlia murder. Listen to new episodes of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, one week early on TuneIn. Welcome back to This Week on NFL No Huddle. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Welcome back to This Week on NFL No Huddle, welcoming in Sage Rosenfeld, the former NFL quarterback. 
Sage, thanks for coming back on the show before we talk about Minnesota. Got to start with the crazy finish of the game between the Patriots and the Steelers. We're all trying to figure out what the definition of a catch is. So based on what we now know, do you think the officials got it right going to replay to overturn the Jesse James touchdown? Yes, I, I think 100% the officials got it right. And I'm actually surprised that the sort of outcry uh, that people, you know, just can't believe that uh, that was not a catch. If you go back to how that rule was written and now been implemented for about, implemented for about the last, uh, oh, you know, seven years, I believe 2010 was the Megatron uh, sort of catch, no catch against the Chicago Bears. Uh, at that point, you pretty much have to have full control of the ball all the way through the catch. Uh, and at any point in time, that ball hits the ground and is, and is dislodged at all. I mean, the way I look at it, you might as well uh, you have to catch the ball and basically hand the ball to the official uh, without it dropping it in any way. And that did not occur on that play. And, uh, and that was not a catch. And I, I think that was a, a very, very similar play to the Des Bryant play uh, from 2015 playoffs against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it just smelt and looked and felt like a catch. Uh, but if you follow the rules, it makes it pretty black and white. That was an incomplete pass. Yeah, and, and that's the frustrating part because what we know of sports, you know, the ground I, I thought could never cause an incompletion, but it can cause a fumble. Uh, but that's for another convers- for conversation for another day, Sage. Uh, but being that you've been a part of the Minnesota Vikings uh, organization, tell me about what you see from them after being able to bounce back against a Cincinnati team that was – heavily injured on the defensive side of the football, but they're trying to play for something special, which is trying to get that first seed uh, in the playoffs to actually be able to host uh, their games throughout the entire playoffs if they make it that far. And also, go to the Super Bowl. What do you think about that? Well, it's, it's pretty exciting times in Minnesota. And obviously with them, it starts with their defense. Since Mike Zimmer arrived, their defense has made uh, drastic changes, not just with, with personnel, but with scheme uh, and they've made a lot of right moves with draft picks, with free agents. They have a, a you know top three, top four defense in the league. Uh, the last three quarterbacks that have played against them, Matt Ryan threw about a 170, Cam Newton for 129 last week, and I think Andy Dalton barely made it over the 100-yard mark this past week. And so it all starts with defense with them. Uh, but what's really been surprising this year, uh, other than Case Keenum, which has been one of those stories the NFL that everyone now knows about, is the offensive line has been a huge surprise. They were probably the worst offensive line in the league last year. Uh, they were last in rushing. Uh, Sam Bradford got sacked uh, a ton of times, about 40 times last year. And, and this year it's been completely different. They've become a very, very solid group. Uh, they went out in free agency and got two guys, two tackles in free agency. They drafted a center uh, in the first round who has started nearly every game for them uh, this season. So uh, everyone thought when Dalvin Cook, the running back uh, out of Florida State, when he got hurt, they were really thought that the Vikings' run game was doomed, but it, in, instead it's gone just the opposite way. Uh, Latavius Murray and, and uh, Jared McKinnon. Uh, Jared McKinnon have done an, an unbelievable job of running the football. The offensive line's been very, very good all year. Uh, they don't get sacked very often. They, they stay on course, uh, and they put themselves in good situations. So uh, it's really been a, a team effort uh, throughout this year with, with the Minnesota Vikings. But having all said all that, said just the, the Vikings, you know, they, they've had a very good defense for a few years now. Uh, but finally, their offense is as good as their defense. And, and, you know, they're a top five offense right now in the National Football League. And Case Keenum uh, has probably been, I think, one of the best stories of the 2017 season. Sage Rosenfels, the former NFL quarterback, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Sage, what happened last night 
in Oakland I had never seen before, so I want to defer to you as a player. Cowboys, Raiders, have you ever seen an index card used as the chains were stretched out <laughs> to determine if it was a first down for Dallas, and how much good fortune did they get last night? Uh, I actually have. I, I have seen that happen. I, I believe it was in the last three or four seasons, and I think it was an NFL game, too. Uh, I, I feel like it was so close. They got an index card out in that situation as well. You know, those those head umpires, head referees always have those index cards uh, for writing different things, penalties and, uh, uh, you know, possession and these different things on those cards. And uh, they obviously had to use it last night. So uh, uh, I love uh, I love the uh, – I can't think of the guy's name, uh, the, the, the official. Gene Steratore. Uh, Gene was smiling. Yes, yeah. Gene, Gene has he is a, quite the showman, and uh, it was a perfect job. Almost rubbed it in the face of the, of the Oakland Raiders on that play. So uh, it's amazing. With the, the NFL is a thirteen billion dollar annual business, but at the end of the day, we're still using uh, uh, two posts with uh, ten yards of chains on the end of it. And when that doesn't work, we have to get out an index card. Uh, it's amazing. A thirteen billion dollar business, we're still down to about a fifty dollar piece of machinery. I like to be a part of that owners meeting when they ask you about the the cards and how you determine who if they got a first down or not. That that's going to be uh, pretty darn interesting. Uh, but when you look in in the NF in the NFC, that is the Dallas Cowboys have held on long enough uh, to get their running back back into the game. Ezekiel Elliott, they're eight and six right now. They had a bumpy road along the way within those four games that he was suspended. Uh, but now they're they seem like they're pretty hot and on fire and ready to get him back to get a good push in these last two games. Give me your your take on if they were to make it into the postseason, would they be a team to have to be reckoned with in an FC? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean one, they you know everyone knows about the offensive line and, and the and the running game. Just the fact that they're eight and six right now and they've missed Zeke for you know, these last five or six games, uh, you know, they've stayed in the hunt. And the, right now in the NFC, it's really interesting. You know, the Cowboys, the Lions, uh, you know, they're, they're eight and six. And so it feels like they're sort of out of it. But if you look at the NFC South, uh, in that division, the Saints, the Carolina Panthers, and the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they all have to play each other these last two weeks of the season. And right now Atlanta, is, is, uh, they, they have five losses. Uh, so there is a decent chance that one of those three teams uh, loses uh, uh, two games here at the end of the year, and somebody like the Detroit Lions or the Dallas Cowboys slips into the playoffs. Uh, you know, probably in the last quarter of the season, uh, you know, last quarter of the last game of the season. Chatting with Sage Rosenfeld, Sage, there's a direct parallel between the Vikings and the Eagles now, both being led by backup quarterbacks in Philadelphia's Nick Foles, who people forget was once the MVP of the Pro Bowl. Four touchdowns yesterday, comeback victory on the road against the Giants. How much you buy in the Eagles if they have home field advantage needing to win two playoff games at home to go to the Super Bowl? Well, a couple of things here. Yeah, as you said, you know, it's sort of the battle of the backups who so far Nick Foles has played well. I mean, he sort of has played as well as Case Keenum has played for the Vikings. I think if you look at the two teams, the defenses are what separates them right now. And through about the first 13, 14 weeks of the NFL season, the Philadelphia defense was outstanding. I mean, they were top five, top ten defense in the league. They were very stout. Jim Schwartz's unit over there. Uh, but uh, these last couple weeks, including this last week, I mean, Eli Manning threw for 429 yards yesterday. So uh, their defense doesn't seem to be quite as stout as, say, the Vikings defense, which is, you know, is one of the best in the league. So that might be, as we talk about December football, uh, January football, and on to the Super Bowl, we all know that offense does a lot of things. But at the end of the day, a lot of times teams with the better defense are the ones who win these playoff games. 
Sage, when you look at the Rams, um, we know they lost to the Seattle Seahawks early on, Minnesota, and also Philadelphia, which arguably at the time were the better, better one of the better teams uh, in the NFC. Uh, but this butt whooping they gave to Seattle on the road, how much confidence do you have in this football team considering that they did lose, but they found ways to bounce back, and now they're 6-1 and one with that win against Seattle um, on the road as far as road wins are concerned. Is this a team that can really make some noise in the, in, in the, uh, in the near future when it comes to playing in the postseason? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this team is is set up sort of the old-fashioned way. They've got a very good defense, which they've had for a long time with the Rams, whether it's St. Louis or L.A. Or LA. But now their offense is very, very good, and, and, and in particular in the running game. So if you look at those sort of classic uh, you know, playoff-type teams, run the football, play good defense, the L.A. Rams have that recipe. And uh, I think what was really uh, exciting for Rams fans about yesterday's game was, I mean, that was basically a playoff game for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they're eight and five going to that game. They're playing at home. They got to have this win to even have a chance really to stay in the playoff hunt. And they get absolutely blown out uh, by their division rivals. So uh, it, that, that is a very, very good sign for this LA Rams team. They might be playing some of the best football of anybody uh, coming here in December. Dave's last one for me. Credit the tenacity of Aaron Rodgers coming back from the broken collarbone. But he had three interceptions yesterday for the first time since 2009. Do you think that was a byproduct of rust, or should we give credit to the Carolina defense? Well, he got to be a little rusty. I mean, he spent the last two months you know, not throwing full speed to his wide receivers and, and out there with the full pads on. Uh, there's no way that he's lifted weights at, at the same level that you know, most quarterbacks do throughout the, uh, the length of an NFL season. And uh, if you look at his interceptions yesterday, uh, at least two of the three were thrown short. Uh, he threw one on the run. Uh, and and we've, also, we've, well, we've all seen Aaron Rodgers play uh, enough over the course of his career that he just doesn't miss guys open very often. And two, two of his interceptions yesterday were balls that were thrown you know, just two or three yards short. And, uh, and, and Aaron usually doesn't have that issue. He's got probably the strongest arm in the NFL uh, and, and rarely misses guys that are open And in both those situations. Uh, guys were open on the play. So, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers was rusty yesterday. But it was I'll tell you what, it was much better having him back in the league. The NFL is a better league uh, with guys like, you know, superstars like Aaron Rodgers out there throwing the football around. You know, when, when he was throwing the ball uh, accurately and completing passes, uh, it was a beautiful thing to watch. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, uh, if not the best player in the NFL. Sage, great information as always. We really appreciate the visit. Thanks so much for joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn. Yeah, you too. You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, and we'll be back with another great interview right after this. Hey guys, you're listening to Dumb People Town on TuneIn, and since we're new here, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about our show. We have dumb ears on the ground. Our fans send in stories that have happened, real stories that have happened, and along with our co-host, we Dan, try to break down that material with Dan Van Dan Kirk. Van Kirk, our co-host, breaks it down, and then us and a guest, we and a guest, break it all down, and we try and make it funny for you. It is a fast hour, and you will enjoy it. It's a riff fast, silly. You can hear episodes of our show a full week early, right here on TuneIn. Listen to TuneIn on your time with TuneIn On Demand. Jumping on a flight or planning a long road trip? Download episodes of your favorite podcasts or audiobooks. And enjoy hours of great audio content no matter where you are. When you're ready to escape, head to your favorites, hit play, and listen. With or without a Wi-Fi connection. 
Featuring top podcasts and audiobooks in every genre, save your data with TuneIn On Demand. Download your favorites today. Catch all new episodes of some of your favorite podcasts early with TuneIn First Play. With more than 30 First Play podcasts on TuneIn, you can listen to new episodes from some of your favorite shows before they're available anywhere else. Hey there, it's Mike Rowe. This is The Way I Heard It, the only podcast for the curious mind with a short attention span. We're at episode number 83, incredibly. I'm Jack Hitt. And I'm Chinjirai Kumanyika. This is Uncivil. Where we ransack America's history and discover that the past is never really past. From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City and beaming out across all of space and time, this is Star Talk, where science and pop culture collide. Search First Play Podcasts and listen early, listen often, and listen today. This is Jay Connor. And this is Alex Hardy. And we're the co-hosts of The Extraordinary Negroes. Each week we talk about relevant issues within our community. Stuff like entrepreneurship, parenthood, mental health. And the latest shenanigans. With some of your favorite media personalities. But we make it a point to infuse humor. And colorful language. In order to make these often heavy subjects as relatable as possible. Because who says you can't be informative and entertaining? So check us out every week here on TuneIn. For your weekly dose of humor, insight, and colorful language. The 11th Hour with Brian Williams. Tomorrow's headlines before they go to print. I've just been handed some great reporting. Tomorrow's questions before anyone's asked them. Could you make an obstruction case? Tomorrow's conversation tonight. Who is there to stand up to the boss and speak truth to power? Not a single person. The 11th Hour with Brian Williams. More than the day that was, it's the day that will be. Weeknights at 11 Eastern on MSNBC. To solve a crime, you need to go to the crime scene. So, in my podcast, Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, I team up with writers and actors to recreate the circumstances around cold cases and try to solve real crimes. Every Tuesday, we delve into true and real cold cases, like the Black Dahlia murder. Listen to new episodes of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, one week early on TuneIn. Hey, I'm Jack. And I'm Chinjirai. We're the hosts of Uncivil, a new podcast from Gimlet Media. It's about the stories of the Civil War left out of the official history, how the Civil War never ended and is still with us today. With TuneIn, you can get the next episode of our show a full week early so you can hear it before everyone else. Go to TuneIn.com Uncivil to check it out. That's TuneIn.com U-N-C-I-V-I-L. Long count, Matthews got it, wants to throw, looks right, comes middle, throws, it is caught. Take five, take two, take one, to the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! Hi Lions fans, it's me, Tori Petrie. Hey, it's me, Lomas Brown here. We're the hosts of the Tori and Lomas podcast right here on TuneIn. found the angle to the house and the Lions are right back in it. Tune in on Wednesdays as we break down the Lions' last game and preview the game coming up. We'll see you there. Welcome back to This Week on NFL No Huddle. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We roll on on This Week on NFL No Huddle, joined by Justin Forsett, the Pro Bowl running back who's doing great work in his life after football. Justin, thanks for taking the time. Let's start in Puerto Rico, which is still dealing with the impact of Hurricane Maria. 
Tell us about your recent trip to the island and the great work you're doing with a company called Shower Pill that you're heavily involved with. Man, it was an amazing experience, a powerful experience. You know, we went to my company, uh, Shower Pill, with our initial shower, shower to the people, where we go out and we're uh, handing out hygiene products, our body wipes, where people don't have clean water, access to clean water, and no power. Um, uh, so it, it was a great experience going out there serving the people and need us fellow Americans just reaching out and, uh, you know, they're in need, man. They still need us. I know it's kind of out of sight, out of mind right now uh, in the media with a whole bunch of other things going on, but they're still hurting very much down there. How did it impact you in a way where when you came back home uh, that it put things in perspective for you as you move forward with things that you're dealing with in your life when thinking sometimes things are tough, but you come from Puerto Rico and you see they have no choice and by default they're stuck with having people like yourself coming in to help? Man, um, you know, you, you're, you're spot on. A, the, it's definitely, uh, put thing, it definitely puts things in perspective. And, you know, just, I mean, running into an individual there, a 60-year-old man who uh, lost everything, uh, and the only thing he had was he said he had his faith in his coupons to buy food, and that's all that he had left. 60-year-old man living by himself, no roof, no floors in his house. And he had a, a joy in his heart. Um, I remember we, we asked him what he needed. He said, man, I just need a toilet. We said, okay, man, we'll buy you a toilet. He said, no, 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 don't give me anything. Give me the cement and some dirt, and I'll build a toilet. I have the platform for it. So they have a, just this spirit, man, down there. that They're fighting for each other. They're working together. And it was inspired in me. Like, man, the stuff that I'm going through, the different adversities that you may face, uh, it's nothing. You can never allow that to take your peace, your joy, and your fight. So it was encouraging to see that. Justin Forsett is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Justin, we have a bit of a funky line, so I want to go back to shower pill because it's an innovative concept, and I want to make sure we get at the information correctly. How did uh-huh. you originally come up with the notion of this product, and how is it making life a little bit easier for the folks in Puerto Rico? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I came up with the idea with uh, college teammates of mine, uh, it's been a long time. Shower pill is a term that's been used in the locker room for a long time, where it was inside joke where guys uh, would, would say they took a shower pill when they couldn't get into a shower and had to take one later. So we turned it into a business where people wanted to practice good hygiene but had busy schedules or active, uh, active days or, like Puerto Rico, don't have access to clean water or, or power. We can be able to help out and help them provide, have uh, healthy hygiene, help, help them uh, practice good healthy hygiene. So. Uh, we came up with this shower in the white, and uh, we're giving it out to them, and it was a great experience. Well, I tell you what, I have some former players, Justin, uh, that probably still take those shower pills that we used to always reference, <laughs> and guys take those quick showers. So I'll tell you what, I give you my address to send a couple of those to me, so I can give them some of my homeboys who are retired and playing in the game. But I just say, man, that that's a really tremendous. Uh, with what you're doing, giving to those. And we say it all the time, but we really don't buy into it as much. But when being impacted the way you were and are right now, um, you took a concept that was really fun and you turned it into something special that's helping a tremendous amount of people along uh, that area down in Puerto Rico that are struggling. Uh, thank you, man. I'll definitely get you some product out. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's a blessing to be able to, uh, to to have a company that can be able to serve in this, in this manner. And uh, I'm just blessed to be able to do it. Justin, let's talk some football. We heard you this season on the Ravens radio broadcast. Great job in your first year in the booth. So your old team is still very much alive in the wild card hunt, could play their way into the postseason. Where do you think Joe Flacco is at this stage of his career? Man, uh, 
I think right now the, the beginning of the season, it was kind of rough for him. Um, just getting the rhythm and, you know, having his receivers and his weapons come on board and start executing at a high level. Uh, but I think he's in great form right now. You're starting to see him turn it up like he always does this time of year, and he's turning into uh, January Joe, as we like to call him. And uh, I think he's clicking right now, and I think this team is primed to at least uh, make a strong push for this playoff. When you see them finally running the football the way they need to to help Joe Flacco out, because doing it by himself, he struggled. When you see Alex Collins running the football, you see the defense getting becoming tenacious and getting some of the, let's just say, the most turnovers in the game when they are going after the quarterback and the runner out of the backfield. This team is really hard to stop, especially when the emotion of the game favors the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, man, it's the Ravens standard. It's the Raven way. Uh, you run the you run the ball. Uh, you execute at a high level and you play good defense. You know, create turnovers. That's what they do, and, and, and that's what they've been known for for a long time. So it's good to see them clicking on all cylinders right now. The special teams unit has been great with Justin Tucker. Sam Cook was doing a great job. So uh, they're putting it together, man. I mean, they just got to get hot right now and, and make this strong push for the playoffs. But this is Baltimore Raven football. Chatting with Justin Forsett, the former NFL running back. Justin, you play for the Seahawks. Where do you think Russell Wilson belongs in the MVP conversation? He's been their leading rusher. They could have used you this season. <laughs> uh, no, man. Uh, I, I think that you know he's. I mean, the stuff that he's been doing, especially with you know some of the offensive line issues that he's been having, man. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, you know, I don't know about the MVP. Uh, uh, race right now, I got Todd Gurley, you know, selfishly as uh, being biased as a running back, you know, probably leading that right now, but uh, he's been doing a heck of a job over there in you, Seattle. You mentioned Todd Gurley. Uh, to not see him rush for 100 yards last year to this year, he's just really tearing it up and watching him travel on the road, as you mentioned, run through Seattle for obvious reasons. You don't have Cam Chancellor, you don't have Richard Sherman, but the way he looked running the football, does it give you chills watching it that he, now that he's finally playing the type of football that everyone anticipated seeing him play? Yeah, man, it's encouraging to see, man. He, he He's doing what he's capable of doing uh, all the while. Uh, I think last year, you know, with the whole quarterback situation being up and down and the offense being up and down, uh, they never had consistency, so it allowed the defense to really stack the box against him. He had to run against a lot of stack boxes, and it was tough sledding for him. I think this year – you know, it's, it's a team effort. Uh, everybody's clicking. Golf has been playing some great football. Uh, Cup has been playing some great football. I mean, you know, uh, it's a team effort to make this run game go. And uh, he's, he's just he's firing on all cylinders right now. And I love seeing him run that football and run caps over. Justin, last one for me. The Ravens, one of a handful of teams over the years to beat the Patriots in Foxborough in the postseason. Do you think anybody can slow down the Patriots this year? Man, uh, this time of year, it's all—it's always tough, especially going through Foxborough. Uh, but uh, I mean, they—they they are beatable. I don't—I don't, I don't think that they're the, the Patriots of old. Uh, I think they—they they could be successful this year. Uh, this is what team is going to go up there and, and uh, not be afraid and not buy into the hype and, and go out there and play some dominant football. Justin, we appreciate the information. Congratulations on the great work you've done in Puerto Rico. Happy holidays, and hope to chat with you again on the NFL on TuneIn. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. You're listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle, and we'll be back with another great interview right after this. 
Hey guys, you're listening to Dumb People Town on TuneIn. And since we're new here, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about our show. We have dumb ears on the ground. Our fans send in stories that have happened, real stories that have happened. And along with our co-host, We Dan, try to break down that material with Dan Van Dan Kirk. Dan Van Kirk, our co-host, breaks it down. And then us and a guest, we and a guest break it all down. And we try and make it funny for you. It is a fast hour and you will enjoy it. It's a riff it fast. Silly. You can hear episodes of our show uh, a full week early right here on TuneIn. Listen to TuneIn on your time with TuneIn On Demand. Jumping on a flight or planning a long road trip? Download episodes of your favorite podcasts or audiobooks. And enjoy hours of great audio content no matter where you are. When you're ready to escape, head to your favorites, hit play, and listen. With or without a Wi-Fi connection. Featuring top podcasts and audiobooks in every genre, save your data with TuneIn On Demand. Download your favorites today. Catch all new episodes of some of your favorite podcasts early with TuneIn First Play. With more than 30 First Play podcasts on TuneIn, you can listen to new episodes from some of your favorite shows before they're available anywhere else. Hey there, it's Mike Rowe. This is The Way I Heard It, the only podcast for the curious mind with a short attention span. We're at episode number 83, incredibly. I'm Jack Hitt. And I'm Chinjirai Kumanyika. This is Uncivil. So we ransack America's history and discover that the past is never really past. From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City and beaming out across all of space and time, this is Star Talk, where science and pop culture collide. Search First Play Podcasts and listen early, listen often, and listen today. Long count, Matthews got it, wants to throw, looks right, comes middle, throws, it is caught. Take five, take two, take one, to the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! Hi Lions fans, it's me, Tori Petrie. Hey, it's me, Lomas Brown here. We're the hosts of the Tori and Lomas podcast right here on TuneIn. found the angle to the house and the Lions are right back in it. Tune in on Wednesdays as we break down the Lions' last game and preview the game coming up. We'll see you there. Welcome back to This Week on NFL No Huddle. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out this week on NFL No Huddle, let's take you round the league with Russell Baxter from NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, always a pleasure. Happy holidays. You have spent many years working in sports media, so I wanted to start this conversation by gathering your thoughts on the passing of a legendary broadcaster, Dick Emberg, who called so many iconic NFL games. Yeah, and, and, and you will recall, Brian, uh, also had some enormous shoes to fill. Uh, I, I grew up, and, and to this day, still my, besides you, um, my my favorite NFL announcer was Kurt Gowdy, who did so many big games for NBC, both baseball and football. Um, and uh, I believe his last telecast uh, was, was a Super Bowl, and Dick Enberg, in essence, was going to replace him, then teamed with Merlin Olson. You've got Cordell here, so Cordell knows where I'm going. Uh, I can remember a Steelers-Bengals game in which Cordell caught a 70-yard touchdown pass. Yep. Uh, and it was uh, Dick Enberg, Paul McGuire, and Phil Sims in the booth, and the three of them always had so much fun together. Uh, so it kind of reminds me. But what, what iconic, uh, you know, from what I understand, a, a great gentleman, someone who loved what he do, did, uh, did a lot of work, obviously, 
uh, outside NBC, CBS, uh, ESPN, uh, true broadcasting treasure. A voice that for sure was was heard and will forever be remembered uh, based on the sounds and the things he said in certain moments and big moments in games, especially that one that you talked about, which was a 70-yard touchdown I got against the Cincinnati Bengals. But speaking of, of big and, and, and being heard throughout the National Football League, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the postseason best defense in the National Football League. And Blake Bortles, Russell, has not thrown an interception in the last three games, put up seven touchdowns. Give me your take on this team being the one to make the most noise in the postseason uh, one growing with confidence and you know it, a lot of people have gotten so focused on the the Patriots and the Steelers in the AFC uh, you know I was talking with several people this week and uh, what a physical game that was between Pittsburgh and New England and how physical I thought Pittsburgh was against New England and then I turn around and I see how Jacksonville's been all year and you know I, I'll draw a correlation here from what has happened with the Jaguars, who have gone from a three-win team to a 10-win team, which is still two weeks to go. Uh, you guys will recall in 2008 when the Miami Dolphins were coming off a 1-15 season. Uh, they hired Tony Sperano to be their new head coach, uh, but the person they brought in was Bill Parcells to run the front office. Um, in Jacksonville last year, uh, you know, we, we saw the end of Gus Bradley and Doug Marone became the interim, and then they brought him aboard. Um, but they also brought back Tom Coughlin as vice president of football operations this time in Jacksonville. Uh, I, I see this team, um, the Jaguars, with Marone and Coughlin as the 2017 version of Sperano and Parcells. Love the historical perspective always offered by our friend Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, I'm based in Southern California where Ram fever is palpable. They destroyed the Seahawks in Seattle on Sunday. Todd Gurley, I think, belongs in the extended MVP conversation. If they beat the Titans, they're clinching the division. What do you think the playoff outlook for the Rams is when they get into the postseason? Well, they're they're incredibly balanced. Uh, you know, we, we've seen very few teams – uh, this year, um, be able to obviously put up the points that they do. Their defense at times has been a little vulnerable, um, but they have the firepower to win those low-scoring games and high-scoring games. And that you look around the, the league at the top teams, in fact, the teams that are already in the playoffs, they can do so many different things. And Philadelphia's a great example last week, down 20-7, to seven, with a backup quarterback, they come back and rally behind Nick Foles. But how did they really rally, Brian? They blocked the PAT, they blocked the punt, and they blocked the field goal. Um, you know, we saw the Rams this year play at Jacksonville, in which their offense wasn't great, but they got great contribution from their special teams. Again, you know, the Vikings, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Rams, and the Eagles, all doing it various different ways. It's just remarkable the offensive turnaround for the Rams. Uh, with Sean McVay, with, with uh, Jared Goff, and of course Todd Gurley, um, who you know, runner, receiver, take your pick. You know, he's he's their latest version of Marshall Falk, I guess. Russell, how big of an impact will Ezekiel Elliott be, um, being that he's been suspended for six games in these next two games that he have left to try to figure out if they can get into the postseason? I, I think I'll be curious to see. You know, this is strange, Cordell. Um, when last year. Uh, watching Ezekiel Ali, especially in the fourth quarter, was huge because he was the guy who helped control the clock and wear things down. 
I'll be watching him in the fourth quarter tomorrow for a different reason. Is he, you know, ready for these last two games? Like you said, he's missed six games. Um, you know, so I'll be curious to see. I, some people, I guess, will say fresh legs. But even though the Seahawks aren't the Legion of Boom as we know them, they're still a pretty physical football team. So I'll be curious how this how this goes. It's it's you know we have two teams, Dallas and Seattle, that won divisions last year. You know, Seattle's lost more games than they did last year. Dallas has lost twice as many games as they did last year. Obviously, a battle for survival. Um, between these two teams. But that's why I'll be looking for Ezekiel Elliott. How is he in the fourth quarter? Is he the guy who can close the door, um, or is he not ready to do that quite yet? Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Russ, I've had doubts about Case Keenum, and I've been wrong just about every step of the way, other than the game on the road in our nation's capital. And a couple weeks ago, when he had the three costly turnovers and lost to Carolina, but given how much talent the Vikings have on both sides of the football, how good does Keenum truly need to be in the postseason? No, he's been a perfect complimentary piece. for. I'll tell you the thing that's impressed me the most about the Vikings. Last year... Um, they, as a team, Brian, they ran for 1,205 yards, uh, which was topped by seven individual players. Uh, and wait, listen, Adrian Peterson was hurt, um, other reasons as well. That was a big reason they went from 5-0 and to 8-8 eight and eight real, real quickly. This year, they start out with Dalvin Cook, um, who looked like a er- very, very, very early rookie of the year candidate. He goes down. But because of the work they put in the offensive line, credit Rick Spielman, uh, you know, basically redoing the entire unit, Jarek McKinnon, um, incumbent, they brought in Latavius Murray. Their ability to run the football is a big reason they're able to do the things they can do throwing the football as well. And that's not a knock on Case Keenum. Um, Balance is essential and keeping that defense off the field. So he's done an excellent job and, and, Listen, you even go back to the, the the games they lost, there was always some sort of mitigating circumstances to it. Uh, but, you know, when they lost to Carolina, it's funny, they lost to Carolina a few weeks ago, Brian. I was in, as impressed with them in a losing effort than I have been in some of, the, some of their other efforts and so on. That's a tough road game against a good defense, and they managed to put up 24 points on the board. Speaking of impressed, Jimmy Garoppolo leaves New England to go to San Francisco, and ever since he stepped on the football field, the team's been winning. What's your take? Um, I think he's done a terrific job, but guess who else has stepped on the football field in those three games, Cordell? That would be Robbie Gold. Um, and I know and that's not the knock Jimmy Garoppolo. He's put up terrific numbers. They've won three games in a row. Their offense has scored three touchdowns in those three games, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie Gold has kicked 15 field goals the last three weeks. Okay, so and if he gets a cramp, they're in trouble. <laughs> Ross reminding I mean, us that kickers it, are people to Chicago, too. Gold was five for five. I remember that. They went I remember for Houston. That. Yep. He was they for four last week. They got a touchdown, and Robbie Gold kicked six field goals. So five right. four six. I don't know what the area code for that is, but. Um, <laughs> What Jimmy Garoppolo has come in and done and been extremely accurate. So you're not seeing the dropped passes. You're not, I mean, he's thrown a couple of picks over this word. But how's this for his his completion percentage in just a brief time this year is just under 69%. Yep. 
Or us just to prove we're comprehensive, and I'm going to validate your view that kickers are important. What do you make of the tough news for the Rams? Greg Zerline's so good, he's got his own moniker, Legatron. He's done for the year on IR, and now they're going to have a kicker coming out of Penn State who's never tried a game in a regular season NFL contest. It's huge. It really is, because for a while there, um, the biggest news, and I'm not exaggerating, Brian, because you, you know this team. The biggest news for this team, you know, within the last couple of years, other than last year, was their punter and their kicker. Yeah. Arguably, their two best players for a while. I mean, right. now they have Aaron Donald. Now they have Todd Gurley. Okay, but remember all the remember all the trick plays they pulled with the punter. Remember Greg Zerline launching from it. It is a big loss for them because it doesn't give them a luxury of a drive stalling, being able to kick a fifty-five or a fifty-eight yard field goal. Wow. Kansas City Chiefs, give me your take on them. Do they find their way to make it work again like it once did? Uh, Tariq Hill has gotten involved. Kareem Hunt has gotten involved. Alex Smith looked like he's a little bit more revived. Is that the word you want to use? Uh, but to give me your take on them. Are they going to be like a, a one-and-done type team when they get to the postseason? Well, I don't know about that. But, but, see, my biggest problem with the Kansas City Chiefs this year has been less about offense and more about their defense. I'm going to give you a number that may blow you away a little. Um, last, if you go back to 2015, they had 29 takeaways. Last year, they had 33 takeaways. They led the NFL. Guys, this year they have 21 takeaways in 14 games. That's not a bad total. They have 19 takeaways in eight wins. They have two takeaways in their six losses. And then you look at their defensive ranks, which is all bottom five of the league in terms of yards given up. If they don't take away the football, they're in a lot of trouble. No question, Rivers was very generous last week at Arrowhead. Going to try to rectify that when the Chargers head to the Meadowlands to take on the Jets on Sunday. Taking it around the league with our pal Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, last one for me. If you had an MVP ballot, how would you fill it out? Looks like Tom Brady's going to win the award in part because of injuries for other contenders like Carson Wentz. But give me Casey Kasem style. We'll keep our feet on the ground. We'll be reaching for those stars. 3-2-1 on your ballot. I think 3-2-1 on my ballot would be uh, Carson Wentz at 3, Todd Gurley at 2, and Tom Brady at 1. I still think Carson Wentz deserves major consideration. I know he's out for the year, but I can't deny what he's done. Todd Gurley's been the balance machine. And Tom Brady, who has struggled a little the last couple of weeks in terms of touchdown to interception, um, but he just makes too many many key plays. So um, the law firm of, of Wentz, Gurley, and Brady. What about Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, Russ? Well, you yes. got to consider Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. He's been the leading rusher for this team. Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly why they're 8-6 and six right now, too, Brian. Okay, but they're going to well, beat Arizona presumably at a minimum. They'll have a winning record of 9-7, and seven, and he's carried this football team. He's been a solo artist. Well, uh, he has been a solo artist, okay? But I, I think that's why they're in the hole that they are. There's no supporting cast, okay? So... You know, to me, there's a difference between offensive player of the year and most valuable player. Okay, I mean, it, it, it almost goes back to the argument of could Aaron Rodgers be the MVP because he hasn't played, and you look at a team without him. If without Russell Wilson, my goodness, I mean, they're a team that's in a lot of trouble. And here's the other thing to consider this year with the Seahawks, much much like the Chiefs. Within the division, Seattle is four and one. Outside the division, they're four and five, and have really gotten it handed to them a couple of times. I know the Rams lost 
was in the division. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve MVP candidates, but you have asked me for top three. Um, you know, this would be, have to be like a uh, like the flip side of the 45, maybe fifth or sixth. All right, Russell, you just killed the show. This is a tech company. We are streaming around the world. Our young, hip demo does not know what you're talking about. Sadly, I do because I'm older than I sound. Yeah, but if you, how could I kill the show? You brought up Casey Keaton. I did it just for you. This is the dance like Fred and Ginger. Russ, great information as always. Happy holidays. Always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend. And thank you for not singing, guys. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to This Week on NFL No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern time on the NFL on TuneIn. The National Football League is on TuneIn.